Spirit of God, would you move among us that we may hear what you have to teach us today about the situation with the older son in this parable. Lord, we ask for your illumination that we may understand and that we may apply it to our own lives. Amen. So, uh, just to set a little bit of context here, um, who was listening to Jesus at this time? When when we looked at the earlier part of the chapter, um, tax collectors and sinners were his audience, and then there were Pharisees uh, who were sort of looking over things and uh, making observations and uh, uh, comments. Jesus had been speaking of lostness. First of all, the lost sheep, uh, a lost coin, are now lost sons. So here we come to the older son. Um, I was uh, born and grew up in a village in Lebanon. Uh, in uh, Lebanon, in the village, there reigns a sort of shame culture. Uh, there are some rules uh, of behavior. And if they're broken, there are consequences. There's payment, restitution, sacrifice, community action, punishment, discipline, various things like that. And uh, the way to kind of uh, get the attention of somebody who has broken uh, a, a, a sort of taboo or whatever it is, is to um, do it directly. That's really quite a painful and unusual way to do it. But the other way is to tell stories, a story that uh, is has a point and is directed at the ones who have, you know, been uh, misbehaving, but also uh it's up to them to understand that it uh, is a story for them. And this is what Jesus does with the uh, Pharisees as he uh, talks to them. There have been occasions when he talked to them very directly and uh, admonished them. But uh, in this instance, he tells the story aimed at the Pharisees. And then we talk, I, I want to look at Rembrandt's picture of the older brother but look at the look at the uh, picture that's up on the screen there the uh, the uh, light is with the father uh, as he uh, welcomes back the uh, lost son uh, into his home but on the and there's light there on the right hand side there is a a sort of uh, a darker figure, uh, and he is standing there with clasped hands, outwardly calm, but in a, in, inside he's furious, he's seething, aloof, detached. This is something that is clear and uh, in a story form 
is aimed at the Pharisees. Uh, a picture of the uh, prodigal son. Uh, and you see on the father's face and his hands, and as he's got his hands on the younger son, welcoming him back and showing him his love, there's light there. But look to the right. There's a, a rather darkish person standing there. That's the older brother. And he has his hands clasped. He's outwardly calm, but inwardly he's furious. He's seething. He's aloof. He's attacked, detached. Um, I think this is where the Lord is uh, telling this story and relating to the Pharisees. They were a bit like this. The Father's joy of verse 27 that we read here, he says, uh, when, the, when he, he got the uh, older brothers outside and uh, in the field and doing his work and then he comes back home and he hears party and noise going on and then he asks one of the servants, what's going on? And uh, then the servant says, look, um, your brother's come home and your father has killed a fatted calf and there's a party. When he knew of or heard of the father's joy at the return of the brother, his feelings exploded. You heard the words that were read. So he's, he said this to him. Um, Uh, sorry, it's a bit further down here, yeah, 25. The older brother um, responded in this way. He said, look here, look, look, father. All these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. A young goat was a bit cheaper than a fatted calf. And, and he said, he wouldn't even give me that. Then his expression culminated in his heated contempt for his father's action towards his brother. He says, when this son of yours comes back, who squandered your property with prostitutes, you kill the fat and calf for him. What's this? And... Um, I want to read a section that perhaps puts it very well. The older son was lost in resentment. His lostness is harder to identify than that of the younger son. After all, he did all the right things. He was obedient, dutiful, law-abiding and hard-working. People respected him, admired him, praised him, and likely considered him a model son. Outwardly, the older son was faultless. But when confronted by his father's joy at the return of his younger brother, a dark power erupts in him and boils to the surface. Suddenly, there becomes glaringly visible a, res a resentful, proud, unkind, selfish person 
one that has remained deeply hidden, even though it has been growing stronger and more powerful over the years. There are many older sons and daughters, Pharisees, who are lost while still at home. And it's this lostness, characterized by judgment and condemnation, anger and resentment, bitterness and jealousy that is so pernicious and damaging to the human heart. The older son was trusting his own goodness. And I think the, the, that goodness and that obedience and that doing everything right was what he was relying on to even um, sort of gain control or have some power over his own life and what, he, what his father was involved in as well. There's a little question I have for, for us to consider, and it goes like this. How do you respond to the love of God shown to others who've been forgiven and restored after they've lived very bad and wicked lives? Think about that for a while. How do you respond? to the love God showed to someone who's so bad when you're so good. The father's answer to the oldest son demonstrated a deep love for his son, for both sons. He says in verse 31, my son, he says, my son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. This son doesn't have it in him to save himself, so the love of the Father does it for him. And I suppose the question comes out of this for a moment's thought is the older brother based his hope on good deeds. What do you base your hope on as a child of God? When I say you, I'm including myself. What do we base our hope on as children of God? father then repeats the invitation, giving good reason for it. He says, we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. God loves us. He knows where we are, who we are, and He rejoices when we come up. 
He also rejoices if we are at home and we share his love, his love for others. And he is always with us by his spirit. His love surrounds us and we can enjoy it. What happened after that, we don't have a, an answer for really. There, there's various options. We don't know whether he went in to the party or not. To trust or not to trust God's all-forgiving love is the question we each need to respond to. To respond to his grace and his mercy and his love. Is we can refuse to forgive, rejoice and reconcile, or refuse to enter into celebrate with the younger son's new birth. Or we can share Father's joy. We can forgive, reconcile, love and celebrate. We can let go of rivalry and trust and be grateful and no peace. What, uh, and so the question here is, in what way are you responding to God's forgiving love? In what way are we responding to God's forgiving love? Um, I'm amazed. <laughs> I know who I am. I know what I'm like. I'm an older brother. I know something of this. It's been hard working through some of these things. In what way are you, are we, responding to the Father's forgiving love? Next question, what would a good older brother and son do about his brother? Who went and got lost and then came back? We know what the perfect son of the father from whom all fatherhood takes its name. Father God, we know what he did. We know what Jesus did. And I want to ask Bonnie if she would just read John 14, 6 and 7. And then Second reading is on page 128. John 14. Verses 5 to 7 and then 11 to 14. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, 
you would know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Verse 11. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has, who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my, in my name, and I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks good to God. Thank you. I'd like to add that one to that one. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. I think some of us might know that off by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him, oh sorry, those are the two verses. That's what Jesus did. The older Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, who is there, who knows the Father's love, is one with him. He went after us, you and me. We were lost. He came to find us. He brought us back to the love of the Father and at great cost. You and I know what that cost was. Brought us home. He brought us into the family as his blood-bought children. Brothers and sisters, one in the Lord, we can reach out to the lost with him in his love as he leads us. Three questions. I'll leave a bit of time. What's your response to the Father's love expressed in Jesus? One. Two. Is there someone you need to forgive and love with the love of the Father? If so, what are you going to do about it? Would you talk to the Lord about that? And then I'd like to just leave uh, the invitation. If they would, if you, anyone would like someone to pray with them. Um, afterwards, uh, there's the corner there, or just uh, talk to us. Talk to me. Talk to Jeremy. Talk to uh, anyone who you know is in the leadership We'll be glad to pray together with you. But there is a little uh, statement from my Renovari Bible, which I'd like to just read out to you. The aim of God in history is the creation of an all-inclusive community 
of loving persons with God himself as its prime sustainer and most glorious inhabitant. Can you see it? That's his aim in our history. I don't know what your response to all this is. Uh, I don't know uh, how many older brothers there are, how many older sisters, uh, and how many younger brothers and younger sisters there are. But the love of God is something that we all really need to know. Know deeply. And that love comes to us by His Spirit working within us, coming upon us, giving us insight into the truth, leading us and guiding us, counselling us, and giving us power to follow Him, to look out for those who are lost, and to bring them home in every way we can with His love surrounding us. What a, what a wonderful God we serve.